Welcome aboard Living the Dream, the podcast that brings you on a weekly adventure exploring the world of kosher food, travel, lifestyle, and so much more. Each week, get the scoop on what's new and hot in the kosher lifestyle world and hear great stories from industry pros. Turn up the volume. Now, here's your host, Douglas Sokloff. Good afternoon, everybody, and thank you for joining Living the Dream with Douglas Sokloff. I have to admit that in my life, I've uh, obviously started doing podcasting, but I'm a big people person. I'm around people all the time. My guest today is someone very, very special. I'm actually never nervous uh, to speak to people, to meet people, uh, to be around people on a regular basis. Got to say, since we scheduled this, I've uh, spent an enormous amount of time getting ready for today's show. Before I introduce today's guest, I would like to, um, you know, when I was doing some background of podcasts and it talks about different guests, it talks about, of course, if you are fortunate enough to get a great guest for your podcast, be sure to treat them with respect. This means not only sticking to whatever questions and script you may have written out for the podcast, but allowing them to explore topics and experiences they want to share as well. So I couldn't think of a better person uh, with such an incredible track record. Any time I pulled up any description, whether it's on his own company bio, social media networks, friends network, the descriptions that I and the feedback that is constantly out there is somebody who is magical, innovation, passion, generosity, and professionalism. With that, I like to introduce the one and only, he has a few names, so we could go with what it is, but everybody knows him. And if you know him, you love him. Yisrael Israel Yummy Shachter. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, Doug. Thanks for having me. What an introduction. Are you saying you're, you're, you were nervous to interview me? Is that what I heard? I'm saying I am nervous to interview you. You know, I, I get very because I'm going to tell you, I, um, you and I go way back and from when we were in YU together and I, I've been able to make it to... sound like I'm your age. I see what you did there. I like that. <laughs> you were never in YU together. What are you talking about? <laughs> we actually were. And at that, at that point in YU, I remember we were absolutely in YU together. Absolutely. No question about we were in YU together. And I remember so many different times of the things that you were involved in then uh, back and and even, even in some of the um, research that I was pulling up, getting ready for this conversation, it was so interesting to see things back in uh, early 2000, 2004, 2005, that talks about your early uh, starts uh, with, with producing and getting involved with concerts and different uh, Jewish music personalities. And even at a young age, um, and, and what I find to be very interesting is in, in every, and, and we're going to, we're gonna, as uh, I mentioned to you before, I'd like to always keep my podcasts about 35, 36 minutes, double high, and there's a lot of ground to cover, a lot of ground to cover. And every time that I see something mentioned about you, whether you're being interviewed for uh, the mainstream market, which we will get to what the mainstream market is, or from your philanthropical tzedakah cases, the Jewish community that you, you, you do so much for, there's always a, a, a very constant um, response by you. And that is how, um, any of my listeners who do not know that you grew up in New York, you live in Toronto, you're the son of Rav Herschel Shachter, one of the greatest leading Torah 
uh, minds and personalities of, of our time. You grew up going to tons of different Jewish communities, and that gave you a, a real grasp of Jewish life around the globe. And you always talk about, always, and, and I found this in so many different interviews, the blueprint of life, I like to say, of, of people ask you how, how, how your success in life. And you give so much credit to your parents, not only your father, but to your, to, to your parents, to your siblings, and so many different things, which I always find to be um, so astounding when reading about you. And also, that's something that you could touch upon. And also, you, you have such hakara satov to those that surround you, not only your family, in your work life. There's never a shout out that you give that you don't talk about. Most recently, I saw that your company professionally has um, been nominated or won tons and tons of rewards. And you, you, you talk about, again, it's not a one-man show. It's a team that surrounds you. So you have a, a, an incredible personality. There's so much to talk about. And now I will um, hand it over to you after that uh, brief little introduction by me. So what do you want me to say? Where do I start? Was that a question? No. Yeah, it was just like, that was just like. Uh, that was just like to such accolades. That, that was just to, 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 to juice you up. I could keep going, but you I missed, you missed, you missed one of the main, uh, one of the biggest achievements of my life. You didn't mention, not that I need you mentioning more, but I had Doug Sokolo of Dougie's fame at my wedding 17 years ago. As I how many, how many people could say that? Um, not, not so many. And there were many, many highlights. I think I told you once, uh, before I was introduced to gooseberries, at your, uh, I can tell you exactly where they were on the bar. It was a great night. It was, as I, I mentioned, it was me, Joey Bodner, Nahum, Nahum Siegel. Um, I'm not sure how all three of us fit on that tiny little plane from LaGuardia to Toronto when they used to fly those tiny little planes, but we made yeah. it. And it was a, a, a beautiful, beautiful wedding and beautiful simcha. And um, it was just so fun. And I remember gooseberries to this day for my chef on, uh, on, on Rosh Hashanah, I, I always have uh, the gooseberries in, in your honor of, of your wedding. On that um, topic, just sliding into a couple different things. I want to go, um, as I mentioned, in the mainstream world, okay, and in the Jewish world. One of, one of, one of the personalities, traits of you that you discuss is that not many people know that you can maintain a personal relationship with politicians, celebrities, philanthropists, while, rem- while remaining a growth-oriented, Torah-centered Jewish personality, okay? That comes from you. And I think even more so, where I saw that was years ago, and it was really in, what, 2020, the beginning of the pandemic, where you said, hey, something's got to change with what's going on. And you, uh, you, you completely started pivoting much more from your uh, core business of charity bids. And if you could talk about what is charity bids, what you do, how did you pivot, and, and where you went from there. Um, and then I'm, I'm touch upon a couple other things. Okay, so charity bids, um, after many years of doing volunteer fundraising, many of uh, those events you were involved with back in the day, starting when I was in YU doing the Hanukkah concerts and then starting the United Hatzalah of Israel concerts in Israel, which I'm sure you remember the early days of um, that, you know, that and many other things uh, like that. I did as a volunteer for about 15 years, just as a way to uh, use my ideas, use my creativity, use the people I know and connect good people to good causes and do good things for them. So um, 
long, I'm not going to bore you with the, all the details and the long story, but eventually at a certain point, we stumbled into uh, starting this company called Charity Bids. And essentially, uh, Charity Bids since 2011 has been creating unique trips and experiences um, all over the world, which we offer on consignment to charities running auctions. So as a way to generate more excitement in the room at a gala, as a way to raise additional funds from people who otherwise would not give more or people who otherwise would not even support the cause at all um, by giving them something that they really want uh, to do ex you know, as far as experience is concerned. And I know this speaks to what you do. Um, we were able to raise over $50 million through the sale of these trips and experiences from 2011 Amazing. through 2019. I, I always like to repeat the number. Could you say that again? 50 million, just so listeners could hear five zero. $50 million, million through, dollars. through that program. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then what's crazy is, you know, and, and you're mentioning the pivot. What's crazy is that through the events uh, we put together and produced during COVID, we raised over a hundred million for charities in the past. Do that again. A hundred million dollars in the last two so, years alone. And even more importantly than I think than, than, than the money to talk about that. We, we I actually have a list of things to discuss is the um, exposure that you brought to certain organizations. I, I guess, you know, the ROI, the return on an investment that an organization first like say, Oh yeah, are we getting, are we bringing in the money? That's for sure. But I know single-handedly. Okay. I know from other people. All right. That the exposure that a few of these organizations gained, you cannot put a dollar amount on it. You could take that hundred million and you could add zeros and zeros and zeros. Uh, and, and I have that in my notes to, to pick that up in a few minutes, but it, 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 it's unbelievable. And it, it became like a real niche. Um, and I know, I, I know myself just as I was going back through our uh, text messages, I, I went back to 2014. I found a text wow. message that says, Doug, I'm sitting in the hospital with a 13-year-old boy, and all he wants is a Dougie's hat and a Dougie's uh, – he loves Dougie's, and we need to make him up something Dougie's, he said to me, okay? I remember. He was supposed to celebrate I, a I don't even remember this. Yeah. Okay, his name – Aaron. Aaron was the boy's name. Wow. Okay? He is yeah. so, so successful today. Like, okay. super successful. Okay, so at this point, That's he was amazing. there – he was very, very, very sick. I told you I did a lot of research for this conversation. Um, and he was very sick at that point. I think that you, you and a few others were putting a bar mitzvah together for him. The yeah. bar mitzvah was actually- We had him fitted for a custom suit in his hospital room. Oh my gosh, I can't, I can't believe you found this. Right? So, so, anyway, so anyway, so I, get, I, I have the text message here. It, it's, it's amazing that it's still saved. You know, when you download a phone, a new phone, things get erased. 2014. 2014. That's a lot of years ago. Okay. And you, you, you send me a text that basically says, Doug, I'm sitting with a young man in his hospital. He's very sick. We need to do something for him. So, sure. No problem. I call you up. So, in two weeks, this, Aaron's going to be having his bar mitzvah and he wants to wear a Dougie's hat and let's make him something else. So I said, what else do you think is cool? I said, oh, how about we make him a, I said, what kind of phone does he have? Okay. And, and you said, oh, whatever. I said, okay, I'm going to make him uh, we'll get him the hat and we'll make him a matching uh, cell phone case, Dougie's custom. And we're going to present it to him. Long story short, he ends up being too sick to even have his 
bar mitzvah. So I'm going back to 2014. We talked about YU earlier. All these things are in your DNA. They're bubbling, right? It's bubbling for you to be able to come up with these innovative ideas, which if I'm going to go back to even Jewish music, we're one of the first people to even incorporate choirs, you know, into concerts, into simchas, into your wedding, so on and so forth. Um, I, I even remember I'm going to, I'm going to blow you away again because there was actually a Purim when you and your wife were living in Israel that I was at your house for Purim Suda. Yeah, you and Joey came for the Suda. Yeah, that's exactly right. That was amazing. Okay? And we had a choir there too. That was that's amazing. Right. And, and that song, Aisha's Kyle. You know, I don't remember yeah. how it goes and you don't want me singing because I'll be done to my podcast. But I'm just saying, Anybody, and, and it was always these times of these creative moments that were in your DNA, and you always go from Mikhail Mikhail, I think always taking the foundation of your family and always being there for a, a phone call, a text. I know I'm one of many people um, who say this about you. So I'm just saying because it's my podcast, and, and you, you've been allowed to grow and take the right steps and pivot and, and, and go into the situation. And I think more importantly, what, what, what is really incredible is, I, and, and something that I, I really, really want to touch upon, okay? And you brought it up before. Uh, there are so many Jewish organizations that not only have you helped, but you also helped launch, okay? Um, I also know this firsthand. Uh, you talked about concert that you did for United Hatzalah. You didn't touch upon something else. I saw you post about where you spoke to somebody and that person has given probably over $2 million to that organization with their ambu cycles, okay? There's so many different things. Um, I, I want to talk about Hatzalah Air. Okay. Unfortunately, we just read another. I mean, I cry when I read the stories about Hatzalah Air. I cry. Uh, last month, there was some horrible accident between here and Montreal. Some guy writes, I mean, literally, I was crying. I, 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 you can't make these things up. The guy gets you know, in the You know when Hatzalah Air started? I actually Please. got a Facebook. I, I, I got a Facebook reminder literally today. Today would mark five years since. I guess the exact date five years ago was Super Bowl Sunday. And there were two different cases of kids who were in MD Anderson in the hospital in Texas mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who had to get to New York, both kids from Israel, both with right. different things, both had to emergency flight and it was Super Bowl Sunday and go try to get a private plane on Super Bowl Sunday. Good luck. Right. Anyway, I posted on Facebook, um, you know, you may be rooting for this team or that team, but today I'm rooting for these two kids. Let's see who could help chip in and let's get a plane to, to get them to New York with medical team and this and that. And I wasn't sure what would come of it because we needed a lot of money. It was Super Bowl Sunday. It was a big plane needed with a lot of medical equipment and doctors and, and all kinds of other things. And within two hours, we had all the money to, to send these kids to New York, which we did. And this was Super Bowl Sunday. Like while I'm at my friend's house, watching the game with a whole bunch of, I'm texting people, getting money. And, and by the time the game was over, we had the money and we sent them to New York the next morning. And <clears throat> that's when Hatzal Air was born. So it's, it's five years ago today. Five years ago today. And for those that don't know, just give a quick 30 second, what Hatzal Air has turned into be today. And then I want to talk about the, uh, the, the two specific situations that I've heard most recently. Uh, but if you could just give a 30 second for those Hatzala people. Hatzal Air don't... Has, uh, has a couple of uh, private aircraft that are um, outfitted for medical emergencies. So it has all the machinery you could need on board for uh, emergency medical transports. And essentially, um, whereas people in the past who perhaps could have um, been saved 
or could have gotten different or better treatment had they had the means to take a private plane or even the thought. Most people wouldn't even think about it. Most people wouldn't even think of taking a private plane to get something done. Uh, now there's an organization that helps people uh, in um, emergency situations. And yummy, and yummy, and yummy. Yeah. They're up to two planes now, not just one plane, correct? Uh, they're up to more than two, but yes. Okay. It's become a very real thing. Yes. It's become, I, I don't it, know what I could share, what I can't uh, share. That, but, that's fine. That's fine. The yeah. bottom line is we don't, you know, people have to understand these are things that just don't happen. You, it's like anything in life. You know, it always looks much easier and much more seamless. And we're going to get this talking about the different productions and things that you do. But these are hundreds of hours and millions and millions and millions of dollars being spent to help people. Okay, that's Listen, the one, one of the things I one of the things I, I mean, I speak about this most often. And this, as you said, this goes back to something you said before, which is where I give, you know, any almost any credit to anything I've ever accomplished or achieved, I, I give almost all of it to my parents. And at the core of everything you're talking about and, and probably everything you will touch upon is, is one main principle, which I saw at home. And that was one doesn't need money in order to be generous, right? My parents, my parents, I didn't come from a wealthy home, but, but if you talk about generosity, the amount of time my parents give to the community and to people in need and the amount of you know, money my father would just give out to people who had stories and needed help and, and, and picked up the phone to help people who, who do, I'll, I'll tell you a crazy story. There was a, there was a yeshiva that called my father, yeshiva in Israel, called my father and they said, could you get a certain philanthropist to support our yeshiva? Cause I know, you know, we know you have a relationship with him. So my father said, I'm going to be in Israel in a couple of weeks. I'm happy to call him, but maybe I'll come to the yeshiva and, and see what goes on. And this way, when I call him, I could, I could talk from experience that I was just there. And this Rosh Shiva tells my father, well, you're not exactly our Hashkafa. Probably better that you don't come here. Crazy. Right? Yeah. I know what you and I would have done. Of course. Of right? course. And yeah. that doesn't mean we're bad people. Uh, my, father still called, my father still made that phone call and still got them the donation they needed. So. Amazing. The point is you could be very generous without having money. It's who 100%. you know. It's being uh, willing to pick up the phone and, and call and someone. And, and that's something that, and that even, I, even, even to, you know, even to give someone a smile sometimes is the most generous thing you could do. There's so, one thing that so, you talk about as you were growing up uh, on a regular basis. I've seen this a lot when you go into the different Yeshiva University buildings and the security guards constantly asked you and your father and the rest of your siblings, whoever was with the, um, with your family at the time for, for, you would always say, dad, I guess, I don't know what you call your father, but uh, yeah. I feel, I say, Hey, why do we always have to show our IDs? And your father gave just every time you say just such a nice explanation on, you know, almost massaging, like making an excuse for the security guards in a positive way. Like, even though sure. maybe he felt, I got like, frustrated. Why do we need right. IDs? They know who right. we are. We're here every day. Right. Right. So, and, and, and the list goes on and on, but I just, uh, I, you know, I, the one thing that I found to be amazing, this like one thing, like which is incredible. Hold on, but on that on that story, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want the lesson to be to be missed. There's two lessons. Please. Number one is he would tell me as a kid, this is his job, and his job was to ask for ID. He, so he, you know, so some people just can't figure out right. that if you know someone, you don't have to ask for ID. But that was that was one little lesson. 
you know, about giving everyone respect. That's his job. He's taking his job seriously and showing respect. But the 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 real lesson there was, um, I remember my father saying, people don't realize that you could show, I'll never forget that he used to say this in different contexts, people could show their authority by saying yes also. People, right, Very people true. often have the misconception that in order to show that I'm in charge and I have power, I could say no. But if you say yes, you also show that you're in power. So he was, he taught me as a kid, the security guard, what he's missing is that well, that's he, can right, allow, brought it up. Exactly. he can allow us into the building without exactly. ID exactly. and show his authority that way. But okay. Anyway. Exactly. And I think that just goes to a lot of the grassroots foundation of um, how, how, how you live your life, your thought process, so on and so forth. And one, one other incredible thing I just want to bring up right now re- regarding your father, and then we can maybe do another podcast one day, um, is I remember right after Yom Kippur, someone posted on, on Twitter, okay, that, that your father uh, stands the whole entire Yom Kippur. And it's just about learning from not wasting time and doing things. And most people are sitting home after Yom Kippur who probably, I would say probably, a good majority of the people we know do not stand, okay? Uh, your father is, is not a young man in today, and uh, you should live and be well with uh, your mom and the rest of your family. But it was saying how your father stands the entire uh, Yom Kippur, no shoes on, okay? And goes home to eat quickly right after, uh, right after Yom Kippur. And then immediately after he eats a little something, he gives a shear. Which is, I mean, how many people could could, could do that? I mean, yeah. I, we're, we're a fraction of, of, of the age, and, and we're like, oh, I have a headache. I need to drink more. I need my coffee. This And I just think just these fundamentals of, of just such unbelievable. That that alone, even way before I knew we were going to have this conversation, played a, a great example to me about uh, using time and all, all that kind of stuff. I wanted to go but, to... But imagine what that does to one's work ethic. Oh, absolutely. When you, when you when you grow up in a house like that, you know, I've have, I've have some of my closest friends who who drive me nuts and they, they you work too hard, you work too you got to shut off, you got to stop. But when you grow up in a house like that where you see someone who every waking hour is doing what they feel they're supposed to be doing, right? And not wasting a second. That's what I saw my whole life since I'm a kid. That's, you know, all of my siblings are like this this right. crazy work ethic and and nobody's into wasting time. Which is also hard. Which is also hard to see, like in, in in the younger generation. I'm not talking about you or I, younger. I'm talking about in the younger kids that are 20, 25, 30. I say this to my kids all the time. I'm like, guys, come on. There's a work ethic out there, and it's so hard to find that today. Um, and I'm sure you experience this in in, in your professional life. Sure. I certainly experience it in my professional life. Uh, we hear about labor shortages every single day in every industry, every sa- every sector are always an issue. But I want to go back for a minute. Uh, there is one organization that's very near and dear to both of us, okay? Um, we, we both have done an enormous amount of work for them over the years, um, and, and you're very involved with High Lifeline Camp Simcha. I'm very involved with High Lifeline Camp Simcha, one of the greatest events that ever have been done that I never thought would be able to go from um, a fabulous event to a spectacular event was, again, this started... Years ago, you, I don't know if it was you and your wife, chaired the High Lifeline Dinner in Canada, correct? And then Corona came and you're like, okay, we're not going to just sit. We're just not going to sit and make nothing happen and throw up. Uh, uh, I'm not going to talk down about virtual, but you went 
outside the box, really outside the box. Okay. And again, this is something that's going to sound easy, simple, but it was not. You decide with a whole team of people, you could talk about it. I don't know the name of the rabbi who runs um, High Life Life in Canada. Rabbi Mordechai Rothman. My wife and I I did help start High Life Line Canada. It was was around for six months. Yeah, it was around for six months. They were struggling. They were trying to figure out what to do. And essentially, that's when we came up with the, we had just moved here. Um, We decided to chair a uh, dinner. No, a concert. We did a concert. Uh, A concert? Thompson Hall is the the home of the Toronto Symphony Orchestra. Okay, so I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, this wasn't whatever the event was. Concert, dinner. We did it for 15 years. We did a concert there. It was, and it was and it wasn't going to happen. That, that was not correct. happening this year. Correct. No way. Pandemic was not happening. So you and some other people come up with this insane idea, insane idea outside of the box and says, hey, everybody, we are going to have Wolfgang Puck, one of the most famous, celebrated, call him whatever you want, greatest chefs out there today, who is going to curate a Shabbos Friday night dinner not only are we going to have it delivered in Toronto, but we're going to also have it in Montreal. Is that correct? Okay. Yeah. I know I was so jealous. Okay. And I said to some of my uh, friends and clients in, because uh, I remember it was like right before, was it Shabbos Haggadah? No, it wasn't Shabbos Haggadah. It was like a few weeks before. It was, was Purim time, I think. It, it yeah. was Purim time. All right. I'm like, I really want this. I really want to be able to do this, so on and so forth. And again, huge success. Think outside the box. Okay. You deliver an amazing, amazing production. I don't know how you got the Wolfgang Puck. Could you just walk us through? And then I want to go, um, and, and still I want to use High Life on Cam Simcha, and then I'm going to jump ahead from last year's dinner to, and I know you played an enormous role in this year's dinner as well. So could you walk us through last, two years ago, uh, Wolfgang Puck dinner, please? Um, basically asked Wolfgang to... Uh, went through with him a, a traditional Friday night meal. Wait, so let me like, stop. Do you, you just pick up the phone and say, hi, Wolf. Wolf, this is uh, Yummy Schachter. You know, yeah, uh, yeah really. And, uh, okay. Yeah. And, okay. So I can tell you, I can tell you both at the same time, and I, I, I've texted this to you before. At this exact time, I'm trying to pull this off with Zach the Baker. Okay. Zach the Baker in Florida is sitting there posting, oh, we have nothing to do. It's the pandemic, da, 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 da. So I'm sending him things like, you know, hey, I got a great idea. Why don't you come up here Hanukkah time, right? And we'll do a huge fundraiser, right? And you didn't know this. I didn't know what you were doing. And I couldn't get anywhere with the guy. So you pick up the phone. You call Wolfgang Puck. I mean, Zach the Baker is a celebrity. But he's great. Celeb- Zach is he, is, great. He, he is great. But Wolfgang Puck, okay, is Wolfgang Puck, okay? Yeah. And, and, and on a different level. You call Wolfgang. You say, I got this great idea. But you know what? Just going back to that for a second. If, you know, I, I've never called anyone and kind of thought of them in that way. And I think if you do, and I'm not saying that's why it didn't work with you and Zach. That's not where I'm going. At the end of the day, these are people. They they Absolutely. all wake up in the morning the same way we do. I don't care how much money someone has or how much success or fame. Right. They, it doesn't make a difference. Right. I have an idea. It'll be good for you. It'll be good for us. It'll be great for a charity. Like, why not? Right. It's, right. I, I think... I think the way you pitch something comes off more authentic and, and they become more excited about an idea when you actually don't care who they are, right? Essentially, if he would have said no, we would have done it with someone else. And I can't, I can't say yet who it is for, but you'll be very happy to learn that you will be able to participate in one of these uh, events. Amazing. Soon. 
With Amazing. Shabbat dinner, Shabbat dinner uh, reimagined by Emeril Lagasse. But getting, but get, getting back to uh, wow. Okay, yeah. Emeril getting baby. To, getting what, back. To he, what was Emeril? Bam. What, what was That's his right. like? No, bam, so right? bam. Yeah. Yeah. Bam. And we bam kick kick your shot Friday night dinner up a notch. You know, right. he always Amazing. says let's kick it up yeah. a notch. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so uh, Wolfgang just went through what a traditional Friday night meal looks like. And I said, I want your spin on it. Give me a Wolfgang inspired version of what this looks like. So if generally we start with a fish course and then you got a salad and then you got a chicken soup and you got either a chicken or, or meat as a main and then desserts, give me your version of what that looks like. And I got to tell you, like, I'm a huge soup guy. I, every meal, I love soup wherever I go. I what's your favorite? By the way, just side, side. What's your favorite soup? I, I just love all soup. I really do. Like I'm it's not. not, I'm not picky. It's, not, just, it's not. But it's not seasonal. No, nah, not really. I'm not. I'm not picky. I just love okay. soup. Okay. But but I I think hands down the best chicken soup I ever had in my life was the Wolfgang Puck chicken soup. Which so essentially what we did is he 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 made his version of what a Friday night meal would look like based on what I told him people are used to eating. We allowed people to order meals online, and then we sent whoever ordered. We sent a, a beautifully branded Wolfgang Buck. I, I saw a picture. It was amazing. And highlight my branded box with a beautiful yeah, amazing, amazing with instructions of how to warm it up. And not only that, it became a family activity and experience because we also put in instructions on how to garnish the plates, and we had all the garnishes and how to prepare. So it became like a whole activity, a very immersive event. Um, and for the same Shabbos, we had we had eight hundred about eight hundred people eating Wolfgang Puck meals in the middle of the pandemic from right. the comfort of their home own homes, uh, and that event, amazing, amazing that event raised over that that event raised over eight hundred eight hundred thousand dollars. Amazing, one event eight hundred thousand, and people got to and nothing. We didn't have right. to rent the hall or music or right. security or tickets. And, and people were thirsty during that time for something different. People yeah. were, 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 were craving different things. So there you go. That, that's like Grand Slam. You know, that's like strike right down, right, right down the middle. Beautiful Grand Slam. Hit it outside the box. Then everybody knows the High Life on Camp Simple Gala every single year is always a, a, a very big welcoming uh, event that people really look forward to go to. Obviously restrictions this year. They limited the numbers and, and you know, all of a sudden, you see this incredible invitation go out, save the day. Uh, dinner is going to be not only – it's going to be here in New York with Wolfgang, right? Wolfgang's crew, you know, some of his top executive chefs were there also, okay? Yeah. Uh, incredible entertainment by Lee – was it Leon? Who, who, who was there? The magician? The illusionist? What, what, no, what, no, no, no. You're, that, that, was, uh, that was Hask. Lior Suchard was at half. No, but somebody, somebody else, there was also an illusionist at Camp Simcoe dinner. High Lifeline. Oh, no, no, no. That was, last year, I did a I did David Blaine for High Lifeline. That was the virtual event. Okay, so my I mind is... The virtual event last year with David which Blaine. Was incredi- which was, was incredible. Which was incredible. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah. unbelievable. So, again, we're bringing up all And then, so just quickly to, to this year... Isha Rebo came this year. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 100% yeah. right. Isha Rebo... David Blaine was last year on the virtual event. We okay, so so... But also, just another grand slam, okay? You take this different outside-the-box, combining mainstream, bringing it into the Jewish organizations to be able to kick it up and make people feel like, 
oh, well, I remember, I watched that David Blaine event, watching him do the card tricks with the kids and all that was awesome. Again, it was at a time where people were craving, hungry, thirsty for different things because everybody was sitting at the home. So your, your company, and, and I want to just go back to the Kailan Foundation for one second, then we could just, we'll move on and start to wrap up because it's just an incredible conversation. And um, I don't want people, we could just keep going. But the point is that, you were able to take this formula and make it work time and time again. And then you did this into the mainstream market. I do have one quick question for you. Um, and those that were at the High Life on dinner said it was one of the best dinners ever, by the way. Not only food-wise, but food, vibe, atmosphere, energy. You know, the High Life on dinner always has the wow factor. Rabbi Scholar gets up there and the videos are, are, are so powerful, impactful. Um, really just... I mean, and, and to be able to add to that dimension to make people feel even better about themselves and, and to get out and get extra layer of, of entertainment with Wolfgang and Isha, it was just the, the vibe, again, adding more than just the dollars raised is, is uh, the extra bonus of just carrying the name, make it bigger, larger, stronger than things need to be. So I have a question. I think, for you. I think in general, charities have to start thinking like that, though, because as, as events and galas come back, to in person i don't think people are going to have the same patience to sit through long boring dinners people's people's attention spans completely were killed during covid and nobody's going to sit listening to hours of speeches and and bad entertainment or mediocre event or mediocre food this is the future and and organizations if anyone's listening really have to i was just going to say i was just going to say exactly what you just said and I know there will be organizations and executive directors and people that work in the marketing departments and, and uh, in, the, in the fundraising department, so on and so forth, all the way through. They will be listening. There's no question about it. And I think this is coming from, from one of the top professionals in the industry, you, not me, um, telling you, guys, nobody wants old. You need new. You need to ramp up. You need to change your format. Um, and I don't, care, you guys, I don't care what the organization is. People want to be... Um, moved, shaken, and feel like they're in and out in a much quicker manner than times were and any added bonus that you could give to create some extra pizzazz or mojo is, is, is the way to go. But I, I do have one quick uh, other thing for you. There is a young lady from New Jersey named Haley Copps. She is the first ever Orthodox woman representing Israel in the Winter Olympics. I have no doubt she is a, um, a figure skater, she is, um, I guess she does doubles. And her story is an incredible story. How she ended up on the um, Israel Olympic team for, for the Winter Olympics, okay? I have a feeling they're going to win a medal, all right? How long will it take you, okay, to get her with an organization or some organization that want to be in contact with her to get it up for an organization or a corporate. So how long would something like that process actually take? I have no idea. I mean, I've never, uh, I've never had to reach out there, but if, if, I know, if but I'm saying you, 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 here's, here's the, here's the problem you're making. You didn't give me a challenge, right? So if you would have said, uh, you know, we're trying to do an event with so-and-so and we need her by tomorrow, then I, then I get it by tomorrow. Right. Right. This but is like a, a very hypothetical now. It's like, right. uh, how long would it take? I don't know. Um, but I do have a great idea. I, right. I don't know anything about this girl. This is the first I'm hearing about it, but I right. do have a great idea. Um, inspired by, by an event I saw in Moscow. Right. They did, they did uh, Fiddler on the Roof on Ice. Right. Fiddler on the Roof on Ice. 
In Figure skaters ball. with right. all the, the outfits and the costumes and the whole yeah. thing. I mean, sections of Fiddler on the Roof, but it was it was a beautiful presentation. I always had this dream to do it for some organization here. Uh, okay, so we're, throw, we're throwing it out there. Any organization that that really wants to make this production happen, it's not... Uh, this I, is not I spoke to the producers in, in Moscow who put that together. Right. And right. Uh, and it cost them one and a half million dollars. So, so, you know, maybe not so fast, but... At the end of the day, at the end of the day, um, we've, you know, my team and I have found incredible success specifically in taking uh, new charities or not as well-known charities and just putting them on the map. And really the, the secret is, um, you know, and this is something for the more established organizations like High Lifeline to, to pay attention to, is it's, it's not, um, it's, it's not always about you know, how much you've done or, or, you know, what your track record is. You could have a brand new organization that no one heard of. I can make, uh, I can make an event next week for a colal in Australia for orphaned kangaroos and we'll raise a million dollars, not because people care about the organization, but because the event we're putting on speaks to people and it's exciting and they want to go. So I think people really have to start thinking along those lines you know, people just want to be, especially after being locked up for close to two years. I mean, in Canada, we're still locked up. They want to get out and have fun and enjoy their food and their entertainment and the absolutely and what's going on and, and, and social and socialize. Yeah, and so we're going to wrap up in, in three, four minutes. There's two, two other topics. One that I want to continue about just what you were talking about. Uh, you, your, your company has uh, created. This was the second year also for an incredible organization, Amudim. Okay, you did an yeah, amazing job. I, I, when you and I spoke offline a little bit. I'm like, I, I, I know I moved in. I know a lot of people. Um, I didn't. I, I actually had a very weird phone call before the uh, fundraiser from someone who reached out to me, who knew me, and, and really told me offline how, how I moved in really saved her life. Um, your, your very good friend, uh, Ellie Schwabel, came up with a song. Okay, and that song is Stand For You. And you posted on your Facebook, and this is, this is, this is I'm, I'm going to try to just read this really, really quickly, because I think it's so worthwhile, especially for this conversation. Uh, this was a, a, a on your Facebook, uh, regarding the song that Ellie Schwabel came up with, Stand For You, in support of Amudim. Anybody who has not heard this song or listened to the song, it's all over. It's on Spotify. It's on YouTube. But this is a letter that, that you posted. I cry reading each one. I, I, I cry reading each one of them and still cannot believe that Ellie Schwabel and I had the opportunity and the divine assistance to create something that has had this kind of impact on so many. This is a letter that you received. Just wanted to thank you. I'm a sexual abuse victim and survivor. Your song literally saved my life. When the story of Chaim Walder suddenly came up in the news a few weeks ago, I took it very hard. I became depressed. Then everybody knows what happened over there. Then another victim um, killed themselves. He couldn't. Ta- this person couldn't take it anymore. She became, I don't know if it's he or she, uh, this person became suicidal and could not stop crying. Who will listen to my story? She, I was, again, he or she was admitted to the hospital. I was not in control and no one was able to get through to me. I didn't let anyone get close to me. I was done. And then Amudin posted something and it popped up in my feed. I watched it. I watched it again and again. I couldn't stop. It was your song, Ellie. You broke the barrier between me and the people around me. I started crying. You saved me. What do we say to that? I mean, there's, there's, there's nothing to say to that. I mean, hard work, 
getting paid to do something. You didn't know I was reading this. There's nothing to say to this. I mean, that song, I mean, when I was, when I was doing research to get this conversation together um, for our chat today, I'd skip this and that song. That song is powerful. And then you combine it with a letter like this and, and notes. And, and it's probably one of just many that comes in. Hundreds, uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of letters and texts just like and, that. And, and, and this goes to what you said before in, 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 you know, in one of the interviews that I, I watched and getting read for this, Amudin was only started seven years ago. Today, it's an international organization. Uh, a lot of that uh, um, growth was expedited, I'm sure, I have no doubt, by the work that you did with their, with their um, event that you hosted for them, that you put together for them year one, and then again, this too, under the leadership of Svi Glock. Amazing, amazing organization. But you, you, you can't make things up um, like, like, like these type of letters. And you know, I, like I said, I don't want to hold you anywhere. I don't want to keep the listeners anymore, but your, your work should be uh, continued. I, I, I have two two final questions for you. I, I play this game with a, we have a mutual, very good friend, Joey Bodner, all the time. Uh, we call it a brain teaser moment. Um, who would be the most powerful person you could get on the phone within 24 hours? My father. Nice. Okay, I like that. Is that a good cop-out? I, I, no, it's, it's, it, it's good. Okay. Define powerful. How about that? Uh, well, no, I, I, I agree with that, but let's, let's put that aside for a minute. Let's say you needed to, um, if someone asked you to get in touch with um, Jeff Bezos. What's it for? Meaning I don't have the same drive unless there's a reason behind it. That's You'll important. make it happen. You'll make it happen. You'll, yeah, you'll do whatever I you mean, need to do to get to him. I, I would never call anyone for a favor for myself. I would never. No, no, call no I'm anyone. not saying that. I'm not saying it. But if, if, if something came across, if there's a need that and it's right. important for that person to be engaged, um, it would, it would, yeah, it, it, yeah. That's. I mean, we have mutual friends. It's not. It's not a hard thing. But it right. has okay. To make sense. Has to make okay. sense. All right. So, again, a couple of things that I'm getting from this. You like last minute, like 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 me. It's like, uh, what's the challenge? Give it to me. Let's do it. I, I so, know, I don't, but I probably it's probably dangerous for me to put it out there because then you have all these, you know, people and organizations calling. Hey, we have an event next week that got canceled. Could you do it? You know, which has well, happened, which but, has but, happened but, during COVID. But but, but I think yeah. everybody, I think everybody doesn't does need to realize whether you're an organization or not. You know, a lot of these things that are going on, the organizations where you're doing successful events are ones that are willing to risk the money to invest in their infrastructure to make these productions happen. Your, your success is making it happen and making all these added layers. Yeah, also of, helping them, also helping them figure out what to make happen. A lot of times they don't know themselves. What yes. yes. Um, and by that, the way, getting back to this game that you play with Joey. Yeah. Like how often do you play it and who wins and how do you win? Like, tell me the rules of the game. I'm sorry. Uh, so, so, no, time, but I'm no, 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 it's fine. It's like, you know, so, so, so the game really takes place like on Shabbos. Um, and we just like go back and forth who, you know, like when Donald Trump was president, like who get Donald Trump on the phone faster. Okay. But, but do you uh, actually he, try to do it or it's just, no, it's, just it's, like, yeah, it's like hypothetical, you know, it's, uh, you know, I mean, if, 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 you know, we, we, need to we could probably you know get get it done one way or another or netanyahu okay if you need to get netanyahu on the phone you can have netanyahu on the phone in two seconds if you needed to or you'd be in the phone with C- him certainly with him now 
<laughs> exactly. But what I'm saying, so it's just a fun, you know, it's a, it's, it's just a fun and uh, different game. But again, I'm just going to wrap up everything. I really just wanted to thank you. This was an incredible conversation. I, I thank you so much, really, uh, for making the time to coming on the podcast. I know lots of people, um, you know, are, are a little media shy, a little uh, podcast shy. And uh, this was great. And I, I know everyone's going to enjoy this conversation we covered. Uh, an enormous, enormous amount of ground. You know, you, you did. You did ask. Uh, one interview actually told you, asked you, said, "What would you say if you delivered a TED talk?" So this isn't a TED talk. This is a Doug talk, and it said, "What would you choose to speak about?" So you said, just to conclude, focus. I have so much to say about it. Assuming my, in, assuming that they invited me back a second time. So I am inviting you back a second time. I like you. I'd likely speak about my most important principle that you don't need money generous this is something wow. I talked about earlier this is yet another thing i learned at home there are two types of people in this world givers and takers be a giver a smile your time a business a lead an introduction advice and be generous give unconditionally don't worry about what's in it for you or how helping someone else might affect your own contacts or business or whatever else leave the scorekeeping to hashem on that note everybody I thank everybody. I wish you a beautiful, beautiful Shabbos. I thank everybody for listening in. This is Living the Dream, powered by the Douglas Sackloff Experience. My guest, my very special guest today, Yummy Shakter. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Next time I want to interview you. Done. Let me know when. Talk to you later. Have a great day. Bye. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. You've just listened to another amazing episode of Living the Dream. Powered by the Douglas Sockloff Experience. If you like this episode, don't forget to subscribe to get notified when a new episode is live. You can also follow us on social media or visit our website, douglasexp.com. If you'd like to book an experience with us, you can call us at 917-541-1033. Until next week.